The following is a hoop ball presentation. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. You know, I, I guess we need to be a little bit more careful, Brandon, because, and this was great, and we, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put a name out there because I thought it was so funny, and I don't want to call anybody out because it was really, it was, it was hilarious. But apparently, the way we had phrased this, we had a few people convinced that your name was actually Brandon Day. Hello, Mr. Day reporting to duty. What's up, Brandon Day? Hello, this is Mr. Day. Yeah. I, I thought that was a joke at first. And I'm like, wait, no, they're not joking. No, we're uh, not. Um, By the way, we're not making fun of you. We, we both think this is really funny. Yeah, it's hilarious. And uh, I appreciate you listening in the first place. Uh, wow. Yeah, I was ready to open this podcast up with that, by the way. So once again, you stole my joke. I, I jumped, think that's yeah. probably the third or fourth time you've done that. <laughs> um, yeah, <but laughs> my move. While we sit here before we start recording and talk about mid-game Subway sandwiches and uh, CCAA basketball. Yeah, really boy. We should, we should start recording the stuff before we actually pod. I know. As long as it's clean, it really could go out there. I was actually calling some CCAA D2 conference tournament action last night. That was uh, It was fun. Overtime thriller. So I got home late. I'm, I'm all out of whack today. How are you? Are you, are you ailment-free? I am ailment free, which is yeah, amazing. And I am alive, and which for those of you, yeah, that's amazing given your weekend. Yeah, for those of you that were uh, listening to our show on Monday and our premium subscribers, first of all, thank you. Second of all, uh, it was my bachelor party on uh, sa- Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I was in Vegas, and it was uh, it was a good time. It was a really good time, and um, to say how good of a time it was. I got an IV for the first time in my life, so that was interesting. Where, do you, uh, where did you get it? At Urgent Care? No, no, dude. They have a place inside the Cosmopolitan that gives you IVs. It's like probably the best business in Vegas. Uh, are you sure you weren't, weren't like a, inside a methadone clinic or something? <laughs> no, 100%. It's a legit place, and they have all these different types that you can get, and one of them is like a rejuvenation where it basically helps cure – a hangover and like I didn't really have a hangover per se because I was okay like for the most part after like noon but I got some acid reflux issues and <laughs> you know people that listen to the two of us are like god these two nerds yeah the oldest men in fantasy sports god two nerds it's like yeah but it, it happens to the best of us and it rallied me to the point where I had the energy to go to a magic show Yes, I went to a magic show, mm-hmm. um, and it was an <laughs> awesome magic show. I got called on stage. I put playing cards in my pants. So, <laughs> so all far, in all, so it was a tremendous weekend. You still got those in there? You got You know what? I, I have to do this. I don't know why I didn't think of it before, but I think we should have made the joke, do you have an ace in the hole? Oh. Hey-o! Hey-o! I feel good about oh, what I, I have no regrets about what I've done here today. Uh, so I feel like I'm now I'm grabbing onto the wrong part of that story. But have you ever considered going on uh, Nexium? I don't even know what that is. Uh, it is a it's for <laughs> we're going to get into a little bit. My, my late father, who actually worked for the company that made it for a very long time, explained this to me a long, long time ago. And it is, I believe, what's called a hydrogen pump blocker. So it, it 
it keeps the it keeps the acid, the H plus, from uh, getting into your digestive system. He was on it basically his entire existence. I took it for a little bit, but it's supposed to stop reflux at like a deeper point. Huh. I'm on a different medication that I take every single morning. So and it helps. Uh, and I've been okay. I really and to be frank, the only time this ever happens is when you when I take shots, which are really a bad idea, by the way. Yeah, a terrible idea. You're an old man, Brandon. You can't be doing this yeah. nonsense. And normally I stick to beer and wine. But when you start doing mixed drinks and then you start mixing the mixed drinks with oh, shots God. and they're different types of alcohols, it just doesn't end well. It's just a bad idea. You're making a really strong case to get married young is what I'm hearing here. Get married young so at your bachelor party you could drink all this gross stuff and not have acid reflux. Yeah, it's true, man. Yeah. It is true. It, it, although, yeah, because it does seem like young people recover way better. Oh, yeah, way faster. Yeah, they're like, let's keep drinking. I'm like, no, no, no. absolutely not. I went down to get a slice of pizza. I'm like, I can't finish this. I, I just can't. <laughs> it's not good. People are like, you have to eat. I'm like, no, absolutely not. I do not want to eat. I feel terrible you're about like, my life right now. You're like, no, I uh, need to sit four pillows behind me in my bed, and I need to fall asleep sitting up. What don't you guys understand about my existence right now? <laughs> exactly. But I'm good now. I'm good now. Good. We got about uh, two and a half weeks until the wedding, and I'm ready to rock and roll. Well, I will celebrate your wedding by probably having a second child. We have a uh, this is this is going to be a hairy existence over here. I'm yeah, exactly, how are going to make that work with I don't this, know. Uh, this hoop ball existence? Nobody knows, Brandon. Nobody knows. Brewski and I talk about it all the time, and he's just like, man, you're about to be in it. I was in it two months ago, and I don't even remember what in it was. I'm like, yeah, I know, man. I did this. I did this three and a half years ago. I've I figured it out one time, and I don't know. We'll figure it out again. So how are you otherwise? By the way, you're at BD Marcus on Twitter. His last name is actually Marcus, uh, just to clear things up. He is Brandon Marcus. He is the host of our Clippers podcast as well. How's all that going? You got a pretty sweet guest on this week. Yeah, yeah. I had uh, Chris Fisher, who uh, was the is the voice of the Oklahoma City Thunder on the TV side. Chat about Shea Gilgis-Alexander. Talked about Danilo Gallinari and CP3, the former Clippers. We previewed the game where the Clippers uh, beat the living crap out of the Thunder. It was the first time that Kawhi actually played against OKC this year. And uh, the Clippers remain undefeated when everyone is healthy. So that's a team that, if everyone stays healthy, should be in pretty good shape to take on the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. So a fun team, no doubt about that. Um, but perhaps I'll be taking on some uh, fantasy NBA Today stuff when uh, the baby pops out. I That's think I'm right. Be to call my brother and be like, "Hey, you want to co-host? Like, we, we got to do this. We got to knock someone out for Dan." You've been getting groomed for months now, secretly. Secretly, yeah. I yeah, I don't think I'm doing five shows a week after the regular season's done this year. We'll oh, see. no point. No, we'll no see. point. I mean, I might just record them at like two in the afternoon. Here's the beauty of the off season: I could record an entire week of shows in one afternoon. That's true. We did do that a couple times, actually, where you had recorded with like two or three other people that day. Um, and then we did our show where we like knocked out, I don't know, 51 to 60 through the rankings. It seemed like we did 51 to 60 basically every single week when we were uh, previewing the season. Yep. That was fun. That was fun. That was a simpler time. Uh, so yep. I have a fantasy question for you related to the Clippers. Has yeah. Reggie Jackson rendered Patrick Beverly fantasy useless? This is killing me. Uh, I'm not sure it's as much of that as it is the entire team being healthy because you look at the usage that Kawhi and PG are getting and then also Marcus Morris who was not there when Pat Beverly was healthy and I think Morris's emergence has been um, something that's hurt Pat but he's still going to get you eventually those lines that you want but I, I no longer think he's a must 
roster in 12 team leagues. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting because I dropped Lou Williams in one of my leagues and he of course proceeded to now shoot 50% in pretty much every single game since I dropped him in the last week. But then you look at the line that he had against Oklahoma city. I think he only had about nine points, four assists and one steal, even though he shot well, but those are things you need to get or things 14 points. Either way, you need to get used to that type of stuff because with so many mouths to feed, whether it's Reggie Jackson, whether it's Montrez Harrell, whether it's Lou Williams, and then you talk about the guys that start, there are so many players there. And what you and I discussed before the season was who's going to end up top 100. It's now getting to the point where the Clippers have so many guys, it's impossible for more than like three or four to finish top 100. And some of those guys are just going to fall off and they'll exchange good games. But Reggie Jackson's been really important for Lou Williams from a basketball aspect because it's given him the chance to work off the ball and give him open looks. Uh, people were talking about how Reggie Jackson's a ball stopper and it makes no sense to add him. Well, it gives them a second point guard, so it's actually a very sensible add. Uh, so on a basketball standpoint, yeah. And then Montrez Harrell, we've talked about him being a sell high for a while. And for the team, it really seems like it's going to be PG and Kawhi, and you don't really know who else. Yeah, maybe nobody. Yeah. Maybe nobody. All right. So, uh, by the way, everybody, this is Fantasy NBA Today. Thanks so much for tuning in. I am Dan Vespers. He's Brandon Marcus. Uh, again, at BD Marcus, I am at Dan Vespris, B-E-S-B-R-I-S is how you spell that last name. This is Wednesday edition. It's Brandon Day. Uh, we're basically past the fantasy trade deadline now, so buy low, sell high is probably a thing of the past. But it sounds like you hinted before we came on air that you do still have a couple of topics up your sleeve. So what do you got for us today? So we talked a lot about injuries last week and which guys we would hold on to, which guys we would... Uh, decide to cut if we needed to. And it's interesting because we're now a week into our conversation and we really don't have a lot of clarity. I mean, Kemba Walker, we knew he would eventually come back and we did the projections. Would he come back? And we said, yes. And here he is. He's back. But what we're finding out is that he's on a, a minutes limit and B probably not going to play back to backs. And then you look at yesterday, a guy like Deandre Ayton apparently suffered a pretty bad sprained ankle and so the question now is, and I pose this to you as well as myself, how long does a guy have to be out for you to cut him? Because we talked about this last week with Roto versus head to head being different. And I'm curious to get your take on a Roto side that does have the games cap. How long does a guy need to be out from this point forward, knowing how little we have left of the season? So I'll use another player as an example of someone I, I have cut in my Roto leagues. Uh, Derek Rose, I've cut, he's and he's only expected to be out for two to three weeks, but then there's the reevaluation tag again, and who knows if they bring him along slowly after that. So in my mind, I'm running up the numbers a little bit right now. One, two, three, four, five, six full weeks of NBA basketball left. That's the full run of the regular season. We are exactly today, six weeks from the last day of the regular season. So if a guy like a Derek Rose is going to miss two to three weeks, let's put him back on... I don't know, conservatively, like the 20th of March, and he's not going to be healthy again for about a week after that, you're talking about about two and a half weeks of what I would get out of him. So I dropped him basically with the assumption, even in my Roto formats, and head-to-head -head, he's an obvious drop because he's not going to be back in time to start your playoffs, but in Roto, my thought there is this isn't a guy that anybody else is going to be picking up anyway. So if he comes back on the 20, 20th or whatever it is, and things are going well for my team, I can probably grab him on the 19th or the well, as soon as the news breaks 
and sit on him for the week while he comes back. But I need to make sure that I have healthy guys for the next two to three weeks to, to make sure that I hit the game's cap. That's one of the big things in Roto right now. Make sure you use up all of the games in your game's cap. If not, you're just leaving free stuff on the table. Another example of a player I cut within the last two days is Kelly Oubre Jr. Now, he, I think, is maybe an easier one, since the ex- expectation there is that he's going to be reevaluated in four weeks, which is April 1st, meaning even if he plays the very next day while recovering from a torn meniscus, there's a minutes cap, and even if that's gone within a week, you're talking about one week of basketball max. I don't think he, I honestly don't think he plays the rest of this regular season, uh, but you're talking about one week probably maximum that he's playing at close to full capacity. So those are guys that I've dropped. Someone like DeAndre Ayton, who, again, you know, the report last night was not good. He left the arena. I think they said he was on crutches. But we, yeah. don't, we don't really know what that means. He could, he's a giant human being. They could be just trying to keep pressure off of the ankle while they wait and see how it responds overnight. So that's the type of thing where I definitely want to get a timeline before I do anything significant. Uh, and then there's kind of a sliding scale, too, but I, I've monologued a little bit here. I think the answer, like usual, Brandon, is it depends but obviously, the better the player, the bigger a leash you get. The one thing I can say for certain is, if you're in head-to-head, if they're going to miss any games of your playoffs, you have to cut them. So that's the thing, because I feel like this answer or this question is a lot easier to answer on the Roto side, because you can exercise the patience of having somebody out for two to three weeks. We're on the head-to-head side. We're now getting to the point where, at least in my two leagues— I'm pretty sure the playoffs start Are you the not 16th? next week, the week after. The 16th? Yeah, that's where mine is, too. Yeah, so it starts in two weeks. And you're getting to the point where some people... I got asked a question yesterday on Twitter. Um, and I'd love to find it because it would make a lot of sense and it would help <laughs> out. Uh, you, need, you, need me to, you need me to tell a story about my digestive system while you look it up? No, no. I, pr- I may not even find it. Um, but basically it was asking about all these injured guys and saying that they have like only two IR spots. Who should they drop? And it's like, you, you need to wait until the end of the week or we'll have more news on most likely Capella. We'll have more news on, we'll have more news, hopefully on Rashawn Holmes, by the way, he's now been dropped in both my leagues because it's getting ridiculous at this point. And we'll have more news on Deandre Ayton. So some of these guys need to wait and have some patience and wait for what's going to happen. But to what you were saying, if a guy's going to miss two games and he has three games, uh, you're going to have to drop him. And I've always said this to people, and I understand it might sound crazy. Live to see the next week. Mm -hmm. Figure it out after that. Do not worry if you end up dropping Clint Capella because he only plays one game of the first round of your playoffs. It's not going to help you to have him for one game when he's only going to be on a minutes cap. You want to have that spot to stream and you're better off having, let's say two games of Naz Reed, two games of Gorgie Jang and one game of, let's say a guy like JaVale McGee. You're better off having those five games versus one game of Capella. So you need to be smart about it. And it's something that continues to pop up in my mentions asking about these injured players and it really, you have to wait until the playoffs actually start and see who's there. Listen, I'll go even one click further in the cutthroat mentality here. Two years ago, I had Lou Williams on my fantasy team, and he was he was actually playing pretty well that year. He wasn't like, he wasn't a game changer for my fantasy team, but he was inside the top 100 come fantasy playoff time. 
the uh, I honestly don't remember what team he was on at that point. Might have already been the Clippers. I really don't remember. It doesn't matter for this purpose. All you need, was it still the Lakers? It might have been still the Lakers. Although, didn't they move him? Well, Chris Paul was has been on the Heat. Yeah, so he was the Clippers because Chris Paul was on the Heat for two years. Yeah. Okay. So uh, Rockets. The Rockets. Yeah, sorry, the Rockets. I, I saw red. Yeah. <laughs> You're seeing red over there like a bull. Uh, I Lou Williams had a back-to-back on Monday, Tuesday, I think the first week of my playoffs, and then didn't play again until Saturday. Yeah. I cut him because of that. 100%. 100%. I, had a, I have a friend that's fighting for a playoff spot, and I'm helping him out because it's his first year playing fantasy. And DeAndre Hunter played on Monday, Did not does not play again until Friday. I said, you got to drop him. Like it, that does not help you. And he went and he added somebody else that plays four times or three times in the next four games. Like you're better off doing that and maximizing your games. Yeah. If you can make one move and get two extra games from it, you do it almost every time, almost every time. I mean, there's a, there's a, obviously a top X threshold where guys you're just going to hang on to because you won't win your playoffs if you drop your top 20 player. Uh, yeah. but you know, whatever Lou Williams was in that case, that was a guy I had on my team the entire fantasy season. I don't want people to think I picked him up for that Monday, Tuesday, back to back. I had him from draft day until the second day of the playoffs. And then I dumped him and I got through that week. I lost the next week, but you know what? I wouldn't have gotten through that week if I didn't do some rampant chaotic streaming and I don't regret it for a second. So yeah, you have to be cutthroat as hell and head to head at this time of year. And in Roto, you just have to make a decision uh, based somewhat on how close you are to your games cap and based somewhat on whether what categories you're hunting. You know, this is a time of the year where you can cut certain guys and make a play at specific categories where, you know, the 125th ranked guy might be very good at rebounding and might be more useful for your team than the 85th ranked guy on your club that's going to be out for a week. So there's there's a lot of this, like, and you see it on Twitter and you see it in forums and you just, you know, it makes a lot of sense for the first, I don't know, 18 to 19 weeks of the NBA fantasy season. But you hit a pivot point now where it doesn't really matter what the rank of guys is anymore. Don't, their rank fests are no longer useful. You just need the guy that makes sense for your team. I've probably answered 20 forum questions this week with, you know, this is the guy I would use right now, but... It's my team is not the same as your team. So yep. make the call. Look at the numbers and make the call yourself. We can't we can't do what we could before. Our job right now is to tell you what we you know, when we think guys might come back from injury, basically, and then we'll give you streaming help. Yeah, exactly. And in one of my leagues I needed some steals, and so I picked up guys like Jay Crowder and James Johnson. And, and like I have those two guys that are not the sexiest fantasy fantasy wise. But they get it done. And I mean, now I have a team with Crowder and James Johnson, Mikel Bridges, Norman Powell. It's a bunch of guys that aren't the biggest names, but they help you in different categories. And it does help. And uh, one other topic that I want to talk to you about Mm -hmm. is because this is I think it's more important for head to head because with Roto, once again, you can kind of sit and wait for a guy to be ramped up. But with Markkinen and, and Otto Porter Jr., what do we do with them? Because... I'll tell you that Porter and Markkinen have now both been added in my most competitive league and my non-competitive league. So that was a 10-team league. In my 11-team league, they're both on the wire. Hmm. And yeah, and it's but it's interesting because it goes back to maximizing games. And you and I talked about the Bulls, I believe, on Monday, and we said they go 3-3-3, which is not great 
<laughs> and you know they're not going to play that many minutes. And we don't know when you come back from injury, you're very capable of one to two stinkers in a week. And one to two stinkers in a week, when you have them for six days, could really hurt you. So for head-to-head, right now, I think it's a wait-and-see. I'm still not buying into Otto Porter, by the way, because his game wasn't that great when he first came back. I mean, if he misses two or three shots, that's a pretty poor game. So I'm still not buying into some of these guys because I don't know whether they're going to be healthy enough. Yeah, it comes down to when your playoffs start again, I think, uh, yeah. for head-to-head. If you've got until the 16th, until the first day of the playoffs, I think I would probably add them and ride out the minutes cap situation right now because at least you wouldn't be taking zeros. And by the way, the news dropping as we're recording this pod that uh, Larry Markinen will play tonight. So that's, that's kind of good news there. I would add them both right now. Uh, if my Which would you rather out. have? Ooh, that's a good question. I think I'd rather have Markkinen because he's going to be a starter and he's going to be a usage guy. With Porter, he's, I don't know that he gets back into the starting lineup. Uh, I mean, maybe he does in two weeks. It's, it's a maybe. What, what do we call it? 60-40 he ends up starting? 70-30? Yeah. yeah. Maybe it's accelerated here with Zach Levine out a week. We'll see. Um, yeah. With Markkinen, there's just more of a sure bet on him getting to do stuff, and especially in a head-to-head format where, you know, points, rebounds, threes, stuff like that, you can, those things are more valuable in a head-to-head matchup than they are necessarily in Roto, unless you desperately need those categories. Porter does less in more categories, so maybe he makes more sense from a Roto standpoint. Uh, I think I just like Markkinen because I, I think he's going to take more shots. I think he's going to get to do more stuff, even if Porter has the ever-so-slightly higher ceiling. Where do you lean on that one? Yeah, the thing with Porter, uh, so he'll give you threes, he'll give you steals and blocks, so it seems like he will help you out in other places. The one thing that worries me about Markkinen is that he did go through a really, really bad start to the season. I mean, he was to the point where he was not useful and you were better off dropping him. So it scares me to roster these guys when, if you're fighting for a playoff spot, I would not add either guy, just because I don't think you can trust them. If you're in the playoffs, I think you can hold on and add one of those guys and see what happens with them. But if, for example, would you rather have Brooke Lopez or Laurie Markinen? Oh, Brooke Lopez. It's not close. But Brooke hasn't been that good this year. Like He's shooting 42%. He's only making 1.43s per game. Only four and a half rebounds from a center. The blocks are obviously elite at two and a half, and he's only scoring 11 points. So it's interesting because... It really does depend on your team, right? I mean, Brooke Lopez, if you don't need blocks. Oh, well, then it changes pretty quickly. If you're punting blocks, Brooke Lopez is largely invaluable. <laughs> yeah. So, But if you're in a head-to-head league, you think it's smart to hold on to him because he can help you basically win a category on his own. Oh, yeah. He could, he could give you 14 blocks in a week if you catch him at the right time. He's got, what has he got? He's got 11, 12 in his last four games, something like that. I mean, that's... That's league-winning type stuff. He go, if he goes for one of those little runs and your opponent doesn't have a similar guy, he also gives you the flexibility to dump other dudes that might be helping you a little bit in blocks and maybe go run at a different category if you want it. So there's, I love guys that can win you a category by themselves. They're in a head-to-head week, I guess I should say. He can't, you know, he's not going to win you blocks over a season in Roto. There's too many fluctuations. But it just mm-hmm. opens up so many options. And with a guy like that, you can almost bank on winning blocks. Maybe, what, stream one guy that, that gets yeah. you a couple of blocks just to lock it up? All you need are five categories. Yeah, I have Turner and Brooke Lopez in, on, on this team, and so it's <laughs> fun. You'll be fine. It's, yeah, you'll be fine. 
I'm pretty much in good shape. Here, I know. Here's a question that we'll get: Marcus, Chris, or Laurie Markkinen? Chris, he's playing already. Yeah, see, that's what I'm saying too. If you you rather have the guys that are performing and doing well, um, Naz Reed or Laurie Markkinen? That one's a little tighter for me. I know Reed just came off his best game as a starter right. uh, last night, so that makes the question a little bit tighter. I, I would have said Markkinen before he blew up. Um, well, this this is the one where I probably have to answer what's your what's the situation for your team again? Are you fighting for the playoff spot? Is that the teams we're talking about right now? Yes. Mm, then you got to go with the guy who's playing twenty eight minutes already. And if you're not fighting, then you can go ahead and you can go with Markinen. Then. Yeah, I'm okay with that. What about I, Deadman, who comes back apparently on Friday? I like Dwayne Deadman, but we're also getting word that Capella might be back a few games after that. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sell out for Dwayne. If his if his run is really only going to be a week, yeah, it's interesting because this one team that I have, I have two teams. The one team that um, has Chris and it has the Lopez and Turner. I'm just throwing guys out that I have my team because I know people will be able to have some similarities. I don't even have a guy I can stream right now because I have Towns and Steph Curry both hurt, and my weakest player is probably Lopez or Chris. Hmm. And it get, I mean, I also have DeAndre Ayton, so I'm waiting for him to be out a month. And if he does, then whatever, I'll stream this spot. I'll get over it. But some of these, it's interesting because you got to figure out what's important. Is it are you better off getting three games from X person, or are you better off getting five or six games from streaming a spot? And that's always a tough decision because not only are you doing it for your own team, but you're giving somebody else those three games. If I were to drop a guy, let's say like Chris, you got to yeah, think you, about that. Also. You got to try to put that part out of your head a little bit. It's it's easier to move forward if you don't think about the fact that a guy could come back and bite you. What yeah. what place is your team in right now? Are we talking about that first place team? No, no, we're, I'm in third. I'm one and a half back. That's the team that ah. probably has had more injuries than anybody. I mean, in terms of it's had yes, holidays Steph, well, been hurt, Towns been year. hurt, Steph I added, Kemba's been hurt, Miles Turner I think was hurt for a while, Kawhi Leonard's been hurt, De'Aaron Fox was hurt, Aiton was hurt. So yeah, that team's been a little beat up. Yeah, just a bit. All right. Excellent. Well, I hope that gave everybody a little bit of solace in what they're doing with their guys. No buy low, sell highs today, Brandon, but let me ask you one more guy before we go. What yeah. do you think What do you think right now of Bruce Brown? Because I am super intrigued by him all of a sudden. Dude, who's going to play point guard for the Pistons exactly. tonight? Exactly. He's not playing, but I don't know about, yeah, I don't know about tonight. <laughs> that could be anybody. Because <laughs> apparently Knight is hurt too. Yeah, I think he's out. Derrick Rose is out. Bruce Brown is out. I mean, they're they're tanking. What do they care? Yeah, but they chose not to retain Derrick Walton Jr., who I think was their only point guard. It, it's it's all, Yes, Bruce Brown, very capable, by the way. If he gets 40 minutes a night, which he may have to, he, he could easily go 24, 13, and 7 in a game. Yeah, I'm all about Bruce Brown. I would add him right now and hope that he plays in the next one to two games. He could go on a serious run. Yeah, that's also somebody, by the way, that I don't think someone's going to run to add in most leagues. Yeah, you can be. That's why you can beat everybody. You can sort of sit on it for a second and then make that call. I added yeah. him in a couple of spots. You can also wait a game or two and see based on health. Like if you're in a spot where you can't afford to have somebody sitting on your bench, I think he's someone that you could wait. But make sure to pounce right when we find out who's healthy for that roster. Because yeah, they don't have a point guard. No Derrick Rose. They have no Reggie Jackson. They uh, they don't really have much over there anymore. No, and then Luke Kennard, who probably would have been the de facto point guard with everybody else out, he's out for at least another week as well. 
Everyone keeps asking about Kennard on all of our shows, whether it's the Monday show or it's on Twitter, about stashing him on IL. Stop asking about him. He has, He's not back yet. And it's not somebody that's going to be a top 50 player when he's back. So relax and wait for him to actually come back. He's not a guy that's worth all of this hoopla. No, I'm with you on that one. I mean, I think he'll be fine. He's going to score a lot because that team has no scoring at all. But the rest of his game is severely lacking. He is going to be a uh, not great field goal percent. I mean, 44-ish probably. Uh, he'll get you threes, free throw percent, and scoring. That's what you're going to be looking for from Kennard. If you need those categories, that's the guy that you can hang on to him. If you need any defensive stats, I mean, even the remotest click at them, he is not your guy. Uh, if you need rebounding, he's probably not your guy. Assists, he's okay. He's slightly above average in assists. So I'll give him a, a, a check, a half, what, what, a check instead of a check plus in that category. Um, but yeah, I mean, even when he comes back, there's going to be a ramp up. He's missed, what, two, Three months with bilateral knee issues. Yeah. That's both. That's code for both. <laughs> he's been a mess, man. So, yeah, he's a guy in Roto where I actually did stash him for a week at some point, And I was like, you know what? Screw this. I got other things I need to be doing right now. It's just not yeah. It's not worth it. Uh, unless you're really like, if you're ahead of the games cap in a Roto league, that's a guy you can squat on. You know? Because you just you need to not play people. He's a guy you should pick up if you need to not play guys right now that's where that sits for me yeah anyway uh he is brandon day i mean <laughs> bd marcus on twitter i love it thank you guys you guys gave us a chuckle on that one he is at oh. bd marcus on twitter he's brandon marcus he is safely back iv and all from a bachelor party uh yep. happy happy land of the living to you sir Thanks, buddy. Happy Land of the Living to all of us, and happy Brandon Day. <laughs> it's really a, it's like Tiny Tim Day here on Fantasy NBA Today. Brandon, I'll talk to you in a couple days. Sounds good. Later, bud. The great Brandon Marcus carting us through Phase 1 here on this Wednesday edition of Fantasy NBA Today. I want to do a quick breakdown on the 8-game Tuesday and get you situated for the contest coming up tonight. We'll move along at a pretty good clip on this one because I think he and I actually touched on a few of the things you saw from the uh, the ball games last night anyway. Also, quick reminder, I did say on yesterday's podcast that I would read the two new reviews of Fantasy NBA today. So don't think that I've forgotten about you guys. That'll be coming up in just a little bit here on the show. You guys continue to rate and review the pod and you are the greatest. Love you guys. San Antonio under interim head coach Tim Duncan. It's sort of a joke, but not really a joke. Greg Popovich let him... Uh, coach this ball game beat the Charlotte Hornets barely 104-103 on the road DeJounte Murray had a big ball game Derek White only played 19 minutes but did a lot in them and this was a mix and match game for San Antonio they just couldn't get their normal fare going DeMar DeRozan really wasn't keyed in the Hornets slowed this game down to an ugly ugly tempo and the Spurs somehow prevailed LaMarcus Aldridge hoping to come back in the next one to two ball games they're still Fleeting hope for this team. Remember, all these teams out West continue to scrape along. Spurs, a measly four and six their last ten ball games, but they're just three and a half games back of the Grizzlies. Blazers, same. Pelicans, four back. Kings, three back. Kings, suddenly the nine seed after winning three in a row. And uh, I don't think any of those teams are giving up until the last week of the regular season unless they really fall off a cliff. So uh, don't abandon ship on your Spurs just yet. Also, 
I don't know that I would pick up any additional Spurs. I, I'm irritated a little bit with Derek White. Seems like he should be doing more. Trey Lyles, by the way, you can hang on to and until Aldridge comes back. I know this was a down ball game for him, but he was coming off two huge ones in a row. Hornets are a real pain in the ass at this point. I mentioned it uh, earlier this week that they are rotating through their centers. They've rotated back now to Cody Zeller, who got the start but only played 19 minutes. Willie Hernan Gomez played 17. They went to a centerless lineup for a little while, and uh, that made P.J. Washington actually had a better ball game because he was able to play a little closer to the rim. 19 points, four boards, three assists, a block, and five three-pointers. But I still don't trust him. I don't trust Caleb Martin. I don't trust Cody Martin. Yes, pair of Martins on this team, just to confuse things a little bit more, because Devontae Graham was out with an ankle injury. Bismack Biombo is still your potential center stream if you can figure out when he's in and when Cody Zeller's out. But overall, this team's just a pain. Brooklyn roaring back to beat Boston, and Karis Levert stuck it in my eye with a 50-burger. Uh, he is in severe go-nuts mode these days. By the way, and this is, you know, me, this is me picking on him a little bit because I kind of have to. The huge ball game. Make no mistake. 51 points, four boards, five assists, a steal, five three-pointers. He went into the fourth quarter with, I believe, 17 and scored 34 in the fourth quarter and overtime of this game, which is pretty freaking nuts. So massive props. And yet somehow, despite a 50-burger, he had the 10th best fantasy line on the night, according to Basketball Monster, in a nine-cat format. Because of one category, free throws. He went 12 out of 18 and tanked you in one category last night. And so that's always going to hold him back just a little bit. Obviously, he's in just supreme usage mode right now. He is a points league mammoth with uh, Kyrie Irving out for the season. By the way, his surgery happened today, so he is officially done for the year. Uh, Spencer Dinwiddie and Karis LeVert are going to trade off a little bit in the high usage games. They're both going to be solid in points leagues. And... They're going to be less solid in category leagues. But you can probably argue, and I think with good cause, that anyone scoring 50 points deserves to be on a fantasy team. So I'll stop picking on him for now. DeAndre Jordan saw extra playing time again, 8 points, 15 boards. They've leaned his way a little bit here down the stretch, and his value has been a little bit better as a result. I'd still prefer Jarrett Allen, but you're going to see these games that creep up every once in a while. For Boston, uh, Marcus Smart. Got himself in a little bit of trouble. Jalen Brown hurt his hamstring. Gordon Hayward hurt his knee. And Kemba Walker is out for rest. So the Boston Celtics are beat to hell right now. I don't think you make any large adjustments with this team. They're just going to be, you know, basically a, a practice squad for a game or two while everything gets sorted out. And uh, we'll, we'll take it from there. So no, no large adjustments. Just nice to see Daniel Tice continuing to rumble along. Clippers beat the Thunder in fine order. Nobody had huge games for L.A. because they basically blew out OKC. Kawhi did log 32 and a half minutes. I was surprised to see him get back into the ball game late in this one, or relatively late. Saw some fourth quarter action. I thought they might try to keep him out, but uh, that was the prevent Thunder from making any hay kind of move. Overall, uh, if you're looking at the OKC side, you can basically throw this one out. They just couldn't get anything going on offense. Gallo will probably rest on a back-to-back. And for the Clippers, what you're seeing here is that there might not be, as Brandon just said, a third option on this team. I think I'm inclined to move on from Patrick Beverly. It seems like he's not going to see the playing time uh, or usage to be successful. He never needed a ton of usage, 
but it's low even by his standards. The rebounding is down, the assists are down, the steals and blocks are down. That happens with him when he's trying to play through something, so it's also possible that he's just a little bit beat up still. I don't know for sure, but that's my best guess. Minnesota-New Orleans was a wild one, 139 to 134 in regulation. That's crazy. Nas Reed finally had the big one that guys have been waiting for. I'm still not sure I totally trust him. 13-14, five defensive stats is hard to argue with. Uh, but again, the low field goal percent, and this is sort of the first time we've seen him bust out a little. I think you can see how it goes from here. I mean, I have no problem with that element of it. They're not going to play the Pels and score 140 every game. Uh, Minnesota's a weird one right now. Minnesota's a weird one. Malik Beasley seems to be a, a really nice fit at present. He's going to do a lot down the stretch. D'Angelo Russell's going to do a lot down the stretch. But then the Reed-James Johnson thing continues to be a little bit of a shuffle. And this is one of those games where everybody's getting to do stuff. And so you just sort of cash in when you can. Their schedule is somewhat light here in the not-too-distant future. And also, if Cat happens to play again, then uh, certainly Reed goes back to relative anonymity. For the Pels, Lonzo Ball continues his surge here after a relatively slow... I think it was like a first month and a half of the year. He was moving kind of slowly. He's in cruising since. Zion had some defensive stats. That's a big deal, although he did miss a bunch of free throws again. Brandon Ingram was solid. Drew Holiday was solid. Derek Favors was less solid, but good to see him get 26 minutes. And uh, Pelicans lost a game that they really needed to win. Next one on the docket, Golden State somehow getting a win in Denver last night. Marquise Chris, Jordan Poole, Andrew Wiggins all played well. Eric Pascal had 22. I mean, this team is, they are a zombie squad. And uh, somehow they beat the Nuggets on the road. Uh, Marquise Chris continues to be outstanding. That one you can put a, a pin in. Andrew Wiggins is going to get plenty of usage the rest of these guys, I mean, you're on your own if you want to dive into that stuff. And we might see Steph Curry and Draymond Green back in the not-too-distant future also, which will badly shake things up in Warriors Town. Uh, for the Nuggets, Paul Millsap came back, played 26 minutes as the starter at 18-9-3. He looked better in this ball game. I don't really know what to make of that whole thing, but I'm holding on to Millsap. He's the guy, if he's starting, he, like it's been for most of the season with Denver, if you're starting, you're worth a look. That's the story. That's it. That's the whole That's the whole thing. Toronto came back to beat Phoenix late. Chris Boucher had a huge one, although I don't know that we can expect that to happen again in the next ball game. Siakam played 43 minutes. I mean, Toronto, man, they, they will not let a single regular season game go away. Sometimes you have to just think of your guy's health a little bit. Ah, well, certainly good, makes for good fantasy lines. Uh, Siakam, Powell, Lowry, and Anobi... Those guys all looked really good. Patrick McCaw was the only starter that didn't really do anything. And uh, we just wait and find out when Serge Ibaka hopes to be back soon. Freddie Van Vliet hopes to be back soon. Marcus Sol, we really don't know what's going on on that front. But they continue to do that indefinite stuff, and he could just pop up at a moment's notice. So, uh, you know, keep on red alert here. But for the time being, you have a pretty good idea who who to use. And the answer on Boucher is, that's a roll of the dice. For Phoenix, we talked about it a little bit earlier in the show. we got to wait on a ruling on DeAndre Ayton's ankle and how bad it might actually be. If he misses time, you probably see the Suns slide Dario Saric over to the center spot. Aaron Baines didn't play. I don't know if maybe we see him resurface in such an equation. 
if we do, and he plays a lot of center minutes, he was pretty good in that role earlier this year. Uh, it seems like he's kind of been phased out here lately, but they're going to have to change something up. So I don't know that you make a preemptive add or drop here with anything. Let's wait and see what Phoenix looks like in their next ball game. Same deal on the Cam Johnson thing. He'll have an opening here to play a little bit more, but he's rarely going to get to do this much stuff. You'll often just see more Devin Booker, uh, more Ricky Rubio. You'll probably see more Sharch. And sure, maybe Cam Johnson does get a few extra shots, but three blocks, five three-pointers, that's the stuff that floated this line. I'm going to need to see that a couple more times before I actually buy into it. And maybe he proves me wrong. You know, there's a very real chance he could prove me wrong. He could be one of those weird guys that helps your team down the stretch, especially in a head-to-head -head format. So keep one eye on it. Phoenix got really interesting with Aiton getting hurt and Oubre being out for most of the season at this point. Not that they weren't interesting before. They were a fun fantasy team, but now all of a sudden there's been a big shakeup, and so there's just stuff to pay attention to. But I don't know that I'm leaping at anything. I think Sharich would probably be the first thing I would look at because if he does get to move closer to the rim, we saw his rebounding spiked when both Baines and Aiden were out earlier this year, and that moved him from outside to inside the rosterable zone. But if they leave him at power forward and bring back Baines, that could put a, a, a thorn into that potential outcome. And if, they off, and if they do slide him up to center and play more Cam Johnson, then maybe both of those guys move into the mix. So that's why I really want to see what they do next. Washington-Sacramento was a high-scoring uh, affair. Bradley Beal had 35. Rui Hachimura had 20. The guy that I was hoping would find a way over the hump in these games has not. Javaz Napier, he played 27 and a half minutes, which should be enough, but only took six shots. Uh, he has he's, he's sort of suffering from Isaiah Thomas-itis in this starting unit as he slid in there, and now he just doesn't get to do anything alongside some of the other starters that take more shots. It's a, it's a watch situation. I don't think that you need to hang on to him. Uh, Bertans and Beal are probably the two guys that you absolutely positively must roster at this point. And then Hachimura, at the moment, is probably your third option, although he's a tough guy to use every night, too, just because of some of his fantasy limitations. Thomas Bryant, I don't know that his minutes ever get up to a, a spot where we need them to be, but if he can clear 24, then he's a start guy. Kings put up a buck 33, and they had seven guys in double figures, so there wasn't anybody that really blew the roof off. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich was decent. Darren Fox was pretty good. He scored 31, so that was nice. Corey Joseph was actually decent. Harry Giles still playing all right as long as Rashawn Holmes is out. None of these guys really impressed me that much. Bialica was slow in this one, but he's been fine. Barnes has a limited fantasy game. It's the same old story with this team. I think you can probably use Giles until we get any kind of word on Rashawn Holmes, who, by the way, played two-on-two -two in practice, so inching closer to a turn, but not quite there yet. And then finally, Philly in L.A., uh, Shake Milton finally slowed down a little bit. Still had 12-6 and three steals, so not all bad. Five turnovers hurt, and he's obviously a guy you're streaming the crap out of while everybody's hurt on this team. Embiid, Simmons, and Richardson all out. Glenn Robinson surfaced. Mike Scott surfaced. I think in general, Horford, Milton, and Tobias Harris are the guys you're willing to use. And for the Lakers, they're a two-man show. Easy enough. Quickly here on Wednesday, it's a pretty big card tonight. Nine games happening, so 18 teams in action. Boston is in Cleveland. Sounds like Jason Tatum will play. He might have to score 60 by himself to keep Boston in this thing. Cleveland, 
I mean, we're in wait-and-see mode now. Is Andre Drummond going to play? Is Tristan Thompson going to play? Is Kevin Love going to play? Who the hell knows? You got to play it by ear a little bit with this club. Always worth monitoring, though, because things are popping up and disappearing on a day-to-day -day basis. OKC pulled the pin on yesterday's game, hopefully to save a little energy for this one. They go into Detroit. The point guardless Detroit Pistons, they're a big question mark as well. Is Brandon Knight going to be capable? Probably not. Is John Henson actually a fantasy thing now? I really have no idea. I mean, Tony Snell might be running the point for this team tonight. Yikes. I wouldn't venture into that territory. Indy Milwaukee should be a fun one. Not much from a fantasy standpoint to pay close attention to. Utah, New York might not be that fun. Little bit of fantasy stuff to watch. Mo Harkless is a guy I've been keeping a quarter of one of my eyes on. So very little. An eighth of my eyeball attention. Utah, you can keep an eye on the Mike Conley stuff. But again, there, there's a whole lot there that we're, there's going to be a change in the moment kind of situation. Memphis is interesting right now. Gorgie Jang has been interesting. Brooklyn coming off the overtime win. We'll see who actually can, who has a little left in the tank for that ball game. Lavert and Ja, that could be an interesting matchup. That could be fun. Memphis side, can DeAnthony Melton get up and over the hump? Would love to see him do a little bit more, just be a bit more engaged on a play-to-play -play basis. Orlando? Meh. Aaron Gordon's health, kind of the only thing you're monitoring there. Miami, also a little bit of a meh situation. Can Jay Crowder keep up his solid play? Probably the one question mark there. Chicago, Larry Markkinen makes his return. He'll be on a minute's count. Otto Porter will also be on a minute's count, but those are guys to that are definitely on the watch list and should be added, I think. I mean, we talked about it with Brandon already, so I don't need to double cover it. Minnesota, same story we just talked about. You can probably roll Nas Reed out there against Chicago's flimsy defense. Could he put up another good ball game? Possibly. I mean, you might see a good ball game from a lot of guys. Total, total on that one is 231 and a half. The only one higher, or rather there's two games higher. They're all the late games. New Orleans game, that's higher. And a Washington game is higher. Those are the teams that are trying to play faster than Minnesota these days. So there should be plenty of fantasy stuff. There's another opportunity for Wolves guys to just rack up stats for a game. So yeah, I think you can trot out most of the names we've talked about and then understand that things are going to come apart when they play a team that's a little bit better than Chicago. New Orleans-Dallas... There's really not much to pay attention to here, oddly enough. And then Washington-Portland, Damian Lillard makes his return. We'll see if there's any kind of minutes limit. I would hope that there is for his well-being, but obviously every game is must-win now for Portland. So we shall see. As promised, two reviews you guys wrote in. They're not funny, but they're nice. So, uh, Kiyan, thank you for writing. One of the best. Dan the man, dude is a machine. Thank you. He said he'll do solo pods and have various guests on. Either way, they're, they're good. I'll take They're still good. A phenomenal voice. Thank you, man. That's really nice of you. And then uh, Cheeto says, the best daily fantasy basketball podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. As a newer fan of the NBA and new fantasy player, Dan's daily show has helped me gain an appreciation for the games as a whole. Hey, that's cool. That's really neat to hear. I'm glad that I'm doing that. I hope that we can all find the joy in this. I love watching basketball. I love playing fantasy NBA. This just It's a way to make it so I can flip on any game and find some joy in it as well. Currently first in his league. Nicely done. Take it home, man. Take the chip. 
So if you want to have your review read, you know what to do. Open up the podcast app on your mobile device, search for Fantasy NBA Today, click on the show title, scroll all the way to the bottom, and that's when you can drop five stars on the pod. I will read your review if it's enjoyable, funny, and if you got feedback, I'm happy to hear that as well. We're racking up reviews right now. This is a big, big deal when people are finding their shows next year. This is when this all becomes, this is like when we can harvest our crops we've been working on all season long. So if you haven't done it before, please do it now. If you have done it, please do it from somebody else's phone. The more of these we get, the faster we can grow. This is colossal for us. So big, big, big thank you once again. And check out our buddies at mybookie.ag with promo code today. Wanted to slip that in here at the end of the pod. Almost forgot today, but I didn't completely. Mybookie.ag promo code is today. Follow our guys at Hoopball Gaming and tail them. Win yourself a couple of bucks as well. Big thank you to Brandon Marcus on Brandon Day. It is Wednesday. Tomorrow, we'll uh, wrap up. We'll, we'll check out all these Wednesday results, spend a little bit more time talking about the individual players and box scores, and then we'll wrap the week up on a Friday. I am Dan Vespers. This is Fantasy NBA Today, a hoopball, hoop-ball.com presentation. Have a great day, everybody. We'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.